Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can you say amen to the word, the fame of God's name? Before the ministry, I had quite a few jobs. I mowed grass, I bust tables, I took out trash, I served tables, I sold insurance, I sold mortgages, I did a lot of things, but if you didn't know it, I also sold vacuum cleaners. And the vacuum cleaners I sold were not used with bags or filters, but were used with water, a big basin of water. And the idea was you, the vacuum sucks up the dust and wet dust can't fly. And a few years after I'd quit that job, I was staying in someone's home and this individual was talking to me a lot about his allergies, and he was allergic to this and allergic to that. And I looked over in his corner of his house and saw this dusty old vacuum cleaner with a rainbow on it. And I said, you know, if you started putting water in that and turning that on, it would collect a lot of the dust in the air and put it into that machine. And he said, get out of here. You've got to be kidding me. No vacuum cleaner can do that. I said, watch me. And I went right back into sales mode, Justin and got out that machine, put water in it, started showing him how to do it, pressed the button, and just about two minutes he said, oh my goodness, I can breathe, I can breathe. I didn't know what I had in my house could do that for me. I didn't know it could help me with my allergies, and as far as I know, he's still running that machine this day. And sometimes in our life, we deal with problems, we deal with issues, we deal with things that set us back and disadvantages, And God is wanting to say to you, I'm over in the corner of your house just waiting for you to call upon me. Just waiting for you to believe in my power and to release me into your life and let me do what I want to do for you. Some of you in here, you've been dealing with the same problem over and over again. And God is saying, I've got a name that can solve your situation. I've got a name, amen, that can take authority over that problem. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you have been coming here for a long time and you have been wondering what is missing in my life. I look around and I see this person blessed and that person blessed and this person healed and this happening and this happening. What do I need to do? That's what they asked the apostle in the book of Acts. What should we do? And the apostle said, repent. That means turn from a life without God and start walking towards God. He didn't say get perfect. 
He didn't say stop cussing. He didn't say stop smoking. He didn't say stop drinking. He just simply said start making steps away from that and start replacing it with something better. And for those of you that are struggling, keep on struggling your way to Jesus Christ. Keep on making a move. Before you know it, God is going to replace all of that. And you'll turn and look back over your shoulder and say, it's been three years and I haven't had a drink. It's been three years and I haven't had a smoke. It's been three years. I don't even, I don't know how it happened. I didn't even want it anymore because God has been so good to me. The greatest cleaning agent of your life is right behind me. It's been right here on the back wall of this church. And if you are needing something deeper in your walk with God, why don't you try being baptized, not in Father and Son Spirit, not just a little sprinkle, but as they did it in the book of Acts. I'm telling you, there's a power that's been here all along and available to this city, and that is baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. Hallelujah. We had it right up here at this altar. Healing is in this house. And if you have trouble with sickness, just like dusting off an old vacuum cleaner to start cleaning up your house, right up here at the old-fashioned Pentecostal altar, it's a healing virtue and the power of the living God. And you can leave here today healed. You can leave here today freed. I'm just talking about a God. Amen. Don't let him just sit in the corner, but figure out what he can do for you and get him active in your life. Praise the Lord. That is what Christmas is all about. It's about God taking the power of heaven and putting it down here in our world. The prophet Isaiah said, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. You notice he doesn't just say, Unto God a child is born. And unto the Lord a son is given. Of course, he is. He is God, belongs to God, all of those things. But Isaiah was sure to tell us, the word says, unto humanity, God now is a child. God now is a son. That's what Christmas is. It's almighty God, the one who spoke and the sun appeared, the one who spoke and light appeared, the one who spoke the stars, the moon, the planets, the cosmos, spoke all of creation into existence. He didn't become the moon. He didn't become the star. He didn't become like the sun. He didn't become a tree. He didn't become an animal or a fish or a bird. But out of all his creation that he cherished and loved the most, it was mankind. And he said, I'm going to become like mankind and reconcile and redeem mankind unto me. You think about that. I don't know how else to say this, but would you ever want to become a cockroach to save the cockroaches? And that's really like we are in his eyes. I know here on Sunday, we're dressed up nice. We like to look impressive to each other. But when you get down here in the presence of God, you realize just how much of nothing you really are and how great he is. And when you start feeling that, that's a good sign unto you to exalt his majesty and to be lowly and humble in his eyes. Amen. But he wanted to manifest as a man to relate to us, to feel as we feel, and to experience this world like we do. Every other religion in this world pictures their God to be far out, distant, 
angry, all of these negative attributes. Now, don't get me wrong. God, the real God, can judge, but not right now. That God can get angry, and he has. You read your Bible in the first six chapters. He floods the entire world. But right now, the rainbows are still appearing in the sky to show the world, I'm not going to judge you ever again like that. The judgment of God already took place on the cross, and the wrath of God has been stayed. And now, when he looks at somebody who comes to him, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ after it's applied in baptism. Jesus' blood was innocent. Jesus' blood was perfect. The life of Christ knew no sin. And when you take on this Jesus, he looks at you, and he no longer sees sin, but he sees Jesus. He no longer sees darkness, but he sees God's light. And God could not do that just in his divine nature, just in his, his eternal power and Godhead in the spirit world, but manifesting as a man, he could take on the sin of a man. In the days of Jesus, there were major objections to who he was as Messiah and the power of his name. I've done some study and some research. As a matter of fact, many of the Jews today still believe these things why they reject him as the Messiah. Many of the Jews of his day that he reached to, they did not believe that you could acquire justification by faith. But the Old Testament scripture, the prophet Habakkuk, he said, the just shall live by faith. You know, we live in the show me state, a lot of us. Show me, right? I've learned this. This is just real among us. You hear a guy talking about a big catfish he talked caught. The next guy will say, let me see it. You got a picture? Let me see it. We don't just believe it. Let me see it. Show me. And you know good and well that guy's going to have a picture of that catfish on his phone. But when you come to church and you start really getting into it, you realize you can't operate on only what you see. If that's the way you live, you are missing out on something really powerful in your corner, and that is faith. You want to see more things happen in your life? Start believing it without seeing it. And start depending upon a power that has always been there. And that is walking by faith and not by sight. And you start seeing as God sees it before it ever happens. That's where miracles takes place. That's where answer to prayer takes place. Start having faith and you will please God like you never thought you could. Could you say praise the Lord? We live by faith, and we are justified for it. They also did not believe that Messiah would come twice as we believe. They only believed in one coming of Messiah. But the scripture in the Old Testament, the prophets said that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And it also says that he would be cut off. But it also says that in the day, the day of the Lord, that a fountain will be open in the house of David and the Lord will judge the enemies and the day of the Lord will come and he will fight and defeat the enemies and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. Even the Old Testament prophets saw two seasons of Messiah's life. He would come suffering. He would come being broken. He would come lowly and humble, but then he would also come as a ruler and king and never 
be brought down. And for those of us, the mask has been taken away. The veil has been torn off and we have seen the light that Christ already came and suffered. But the time is going to come when he's going to come back, not suffering, not lowly upon a colt, but a white horse. And he's going to crush the enemies of heaven, the enemies of the church, the enemies of the saints of the living God. And we're going to rule and reign with him as kings and priests. Praise the Lord. They also believe, thirdly, that God cannot become human, that the divine cannot become finite. But our opening scripture says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and this individual will be called the mighty God. He will be called the everlasting father. And Isaiah is speaking out to somebody right now who is even doubting who Jesus really is. He's the God that you've always wanted. He's the father that you have always wanted. God's not just far out there somewhere or untouchable or unreachable, but he is the God quicker than you can send a text message. He will talk back to you. Amen. Quicker than you can make a post. God will talk to you. Because he is right here, God manifested in the flesh. God's right in your corner. He's right there with you in this church. He wants to walk to the car with you. He wants to get in the car with you. He wants to go home with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to be there in your home this night. He wants to go to work with you tomorrow morning. That's why he came. So he could be with us, this child given to us, this son given to us. And not only does he make a connection to mankind, but he has a power unlike any other. The Bible says that the government will be upon his shoulders. You think about this when you carry something heavy, sometimes you drag it on the ground, whatever, but if it's really heavy and you got to get someplace, what do you do? You throw it over your shoulders. I may or may not have seen a hunter come out of our woods recently with a big old buck on his shoulder. That's what you do. You carry it upon your shoulder. And that phrase, that prophecy that we read, it is a prophecy about Messiah, what he would bear. He bore our griefs. He carried away our sorrows. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That is how he began his governmental campaign. It was walking up there to the cross. Amen. He didn't campaign like a typical politician, but instead it wasn't just all words, but it was actually taking action to take away the sins of mankind to give us a home with him in heaven someday. To have the government upon his shoulders, it means that now Messiah has power, that he has dominion, that he has sovereignty, and he has all legal authority. If you were here with us back in August, evangelist Bobby Wade preached to us the power of the court of heaven. You think about it, up there in heaven, God sits upon a throne as a judge. It's all legal matters with him. And before him stands the angels, and yes, from time to time, the devil himself comes to stand before God. And what does he do? He accuses the brethren, the Bible says. He stands before God and brings up the names of the saints and tries to convince God to forsake us. 
to convince God to give up on the church that he's purchased with his own blood. And he tries to bring up your sins and he tries to bring up your past and he tries to bring up your history as his own personal vendetta because he doesn't want you to go where he was kicked out of. He wants to drag you down and be toxic and make you miserable just as he is. But you see, the government doesn't rest upon the shoulder of Satan because Satan didn't manifest as a man, although he's going to try to someday. It's only going to last for a couple years and he's brought down again. Satan has always wanted what God got for himself. Satan has no imagination. He is not the prince of peace. He is the prince of destruction. He is not the everlasting father. He is only the father of lies. He is not the mighty God, but he is the fallen son of the morning, Lucifer. He's not wonderful. He is destructive. He's not counselor. He gives bad advice everywhere you go. And that being is up there in heaven accusing us. You know what Jesus is doing? Just sitting there with the government on his shoulders saying, they're covered in my blood. It doesn't work. <laughs> Give up on it. Go ahead and make your case, attorney Satan. They're innocent. I defeated you long ago. <laughs> that is Christmas, church. It's not just him as a baby, but it is him as a king with the government upon his shoulders. It is him fighting the legal cases for us day in and day out. If you're a lawyer here, we thank God for you. If you're an attorney here, you're in the right church. But understand this, I don't care what kind of case you can make. You could never win in the battle against Satan. There is only one attorney that can, and it's our advocate. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that he has the power of the government on his shoulders. This great child, this great son, this great ruler who holds all power of worldwide government. The prophet said he's got a great name. His name is going to be called Five Major Things. You think about that. Five Major Things. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Our theme this year has been become, becoming a daily New Testament church. Bishop gave that to us. There are five things we focus on. Bible studies, prayers on locations, spiritual conversations, social invitations, and acts of service. And we have been doing these this year, and we are seeing fruit from it. I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but look around. We're a lot fuller this time of the year than we were at the beginning of the year. We're fuller this time than we were a year ago. And it's because we have been putting into practice the simple things that Jesus taught us. We're taking time to talk to people. We're taking time to pray for people. We're taking time to have dinners with people. We're taking time to serve people. We're doing all of these things to build a New Testament church. And I feel that power here with us today. Already, I've been seeing a Bible study going on. I walked in the back of our discipleship class while church already started, and I saw two sisters back there talking about the Word of God. Amen. We've already had prayer on location. I saw a few people praying for each other out in the narthex. I loved that. We've already had prayer up here at this altar, and we're going to have a little bit more of that. I'm already seeing spiritual conversations with people. 
a sweet sister, one of our senior members in our church, came up to me out in the front of the church this morning. While I'm shaking hands and greeting people, she said, I've got to tell you about a miracle. She said, last night, the family and I went out to celebrate somebody's birthday in the family. And she told me where they went, a beautiful part of Kansas City, a nice part of Kansas City, that you would think no trouble would ever happen. But let me tell you this, in our day and age, evil can happen anywhere at any time, no matter where you live. That's why the Lord said, be prayerful and be vigilant. And this sister said, after I got, after we had dinner, we went out to the parking lot, the garage there. She said, I walked in and saw nice cars lined up. And she said, I saw my car and right around my car, three other cars have been broken into, but my car was untouched. I don't celebrate anybody else being a victim of theft, but there is no way that is a coincidence to have every other car around you broken into, but an apostolic woman in our church, amen. Her property was spared. No way that's a coincidence. That's almighty God. And that spiritual conversation built up my faith. That spiritual conversation put me in a good confidence level in God. And somebody out there in this world, whether it's your neighbor, a co-worker, or a family member, they're just waiting to hear on what God has supernaturally done in your life. And this church has a story. Individuals have stories. And you're going to hear more and more about the sovereignty and the protection of Almighty God. And it's going to open up doors for discipleship just through simply talking about what the Lord has done. We've got social invitations. My goodness. Somebody the other day called uh, all the, what we're doing out there in the Narthex happy hour. And I'm like, well, I don't know about the happy hour, but it's definitely a happy time out here. Well, all right. The acts of service. You know, I watch. I don't always say all I know. I've learned you don't, you, you stay out of arguments that way. You don't have to say it. You can thank it. Keep it to yourself. But I just got to tell you, after the pastoral transition, I taught class in this church for years. And I said, I've had enough with class. We've got great teachers, and I'm going to take me a break. And I'm going to go to where I've always wanted to go. And that is out there to the front of the church to say hello to all the good people as they come in. And I stood out there, and it was nice, enjoying conversations, but it felt so joyless to me. A lot of people coming in talking about their problems talking about all of this and all of that. And where I stand out there, it's a great place. The acoustics are awesome. I can hear what people are saying 30 feet away. Why do you think I'm over there like this? <laughs> That's a, a joke, but people joke about what they're serious about. And I said, we got powerful worship. Dr. Larmy and that praise team, my God. It's like, it's like God just thunders right out of Zion up here. This church, since its beginning, was built on great preaching. We've got people in this church that love the word and know how to pray and know how to get a hold of God. And then after the altar call, all of the fellowship and all of that, what you call schmooze and all of that and going to lunch and all that, that is great. And I thought, why is the entrance of the church feeling so low? I thought, before there's a narthex, there's a dumpster. And you begin, remember at the beginning of the year, I preached a lot about that dumpster is a beautiful spot. Just dump your trash out of your mind and your heart before you come to the church. Get it right there. And then I talked to Brother David Palmer. We come up with an idea. When people come into the church, I wanted them to taste and see that the Lord is good. 
And it's amazing what a cinnamon roll and a cup of coffee will do for the Pentecostal church. And I joked about it, but today I walked in and saw Street Tacos Sunday brunch here at TLC. And I got to meet about five first-time guests, got to pray with people, got to have a good conversation. You know why? We're becoming the daily New Testament church, serving people, loving people, having spiritual conversations, and doing everything we can to stay together in this last day and time. Hallelujah. The prophet said his name is not going to be called evil. His name is not going to be called cruel. His name will not be called destructive, but instead his name is going to be wonderful. I've come to preach to you this first Sunday of December in the Christmas season. I felt it this morning praying up here at this altar that the spirit of worry is upon some of us. You're worried constantly about the smallest things. Understand this plan. Keep things in place. Take care of your life. You got to be responsible. You do those things. You'll watch God partner and do what only he can do if you do what you can do for your life. It's agreement. It's partnership. But I started coming against the spirit of worry, and God said to me this morning for somebody, if they'll start using the power of the name that they have always had, that worry is going to change into something wonderful, something miraculous. When you and I get baptized in the name and pray in the name and speak in the name, you are speaking wonderful things upon your world, wonderful things upon your life. And I've come to tell you the real wonderful is here, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ to give you something wonderful. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's beautiful. I love all of the Christmas stuff out there. But never forget what truly made it wonderful. It was the Lord Jesus Christ who came lowly as a little infant baby to give us his wonder, to show us who he really was. And I feel the power of the Lord here today. The wonderful God is here for you. His name would not be called cursed. His name would not be called judgment. His name would not be called critical but his name would be called Counselor. I thank God for the counselors that are here in this church, amen. I thank God for our counselors, what they do. It's a calling. Counselors will ask people questions that not even I would ask them. It's their ministry, it's their job. You know the Lord is like that? When you start praying, oh God, why me? Why, why, why? And sometimes he'll align with you emotionally, very rarely. But most of the time he's gonna say something to you like, well, if you wouldn't do this, you wouldn't have this. And say, you've got the ability to make the situation better. Why not try this and help you with your decisions? You'll be shocked when you start taking on the name of Jesus, just how much wisdom will come to you, just how much understanding will come to you, just how much knowledge will come to you. And the name of Jesus will help you make decisions in this Christmas season. His name will be called the mighty God, not the mighty mouse. 
not the small God, but the mighty God. For somebody who feels defeated left and right in your life, the name of Jesus will bring something mighty into your world. Not the losing spirit, not the letdown spirit, but God Almighty involved in your life. He's not just a man, but he is God. Jesus was not just a junior God or like a hologram or a picture of God, but he was God himself manifested in the flesh. And that God is with us today. Amen. If the musicians would come. He is also called the everlasting father. And I thank God for that. Here in our culture, dads are not portrayed as everlasting, but they're portrayed as absent. Sometimes present, but a lot of times absent-minded. But Jesus came to change the father figure in our culture as an everlasting father. And he is what all dads should be the most important thing, and that is to be there. He's the everlasting father. He's not only wonderful for you, he not only counsels you, he not only wants to be your God, but he wants to be your father. The power of your name, Jesus, to be our father. From time to time, I feel like God reminds us of just how good he is to us. Sometimes I'll have visions, I'll have thoughts come to me in prayer of my life and how he kept his hand upon me. But I think ultimately the greatest recount, the retelling of just how much of a father he is for us is when we get to heaven. He's going to bring up things we forgot about long ago. And he's going to say those memories, those things you prayed at the altar. That's why you're in heaven to this day. I was there for you. I saw you when you were hurting. I saw you when you were struggling. I was always there for you and I helped you and I guide you and you are here to this day because you loved me as a father. Amen. Let's all stand. He's not an abusive father. He's not like an old angry father in his undershirt walking back and forth in the living room the beer bottle, lecturing the entire family. It's not like that. But he's the dad that'll put the phone down and talk. He's the dad that'll put the briefcase away and talk. He's the dad that'll go fishing with you. He's the dad that'll take you out and treat you like a princess, ladies. He is that type of father. And lastly, he is the prince of peace. Mm. Nobody gets rid of chaos like the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles one day were out in the boat, professional fishermen, and were scared to death that they were going to die in the storm that day out on the water. And where is Jesus? Asleep in the boat. And they wake him up in panic, saying, Lord, we're going to die. Don't you even care? And he rebuked them for their unbelief. And it's because they, before they ever departed from the seashore, he said, we're going to get to the other side. But in the middle of that storm, they forgot about what God said. We're going to get to the other side. And all they could think about is the storm and what a storm usually does, destruction. That is the power of the prince of peace. He speaks peace before the chaos even happens. And he knows how to even sleep through that. And maybe some of you have come today trying to shake up a waking God. Do you care about me? And God is saying, you know, if you'd learn to sleep when I sleep, you're going to be all right. It frustrates me sometimes when I'm frustrated. 
I'm like, God, why don't you be frustrated with me? He's like, I see what you can't see. The other day, my son lost one of his favorite toys and I already knew where it was behind the couch and he panicked and it was like he was saying, Eddie, don't you care about my toy? And I'm like, I do. I'm just not going to cry because I know right where it is. Let's go find it. And God wants to do that for you this Christmas season. He wants to show you what you're looking for. He wants to help you resolve what you have always resolved. And if you will stick with this Jesus, the name that is wonderful, the name that is counselor, the name that is the mighty God, the name that is the everlasting father, the prince of peace, he'll take care of you where he governs. He'll be like a child to you. He'll be the son to you. He'll be the God to you. That's what TLC Christmas is all about. Could you raise your hands right now to this God and call on his name right now? Jesus. That's right. Wonderful's coming right now to you. Counsel is coming to you right now. Mighty God is coming upon the congregation right now. The everlasting Father is here. Amen. The peace is here right now. If anybody wants to unlock the power that's always been there, I invite you to get out of your seat right now and get a hold of the name of Jesus here in the altar. And if you can, bring your family. If you can, bring your spouse. If you can, bring your children. If you can, come on up here with a friend. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. We're not in this alone, but we're all seeking for the power of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Counsel, come right now to somebody, Jesus. Being a father, come to somebody right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Start speaking the name over your situation. Start speaking the name over your world. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you need a new car, say, Jesus, I speak a new car into existence. Hallelujah. If you've got a problem, say, problem, I speak the name of Jesus over it. Whatever it may be in your life, Jesus' name, amen, can start turning it around. Come on, somebody, get a hold of the power of the name. It's just not for the preacher. It's just not for the prayer leader. But it's for any person, amen, who will reach out in faith for it. The name of Jesus is here. The power of Jesus' name is here. Hallelujah. That's where Pentecost began. We got the revelation of the name. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you feel it, hallelujah. Brother to brother, sister to sister, lay hands on somebody. And say, in Jesus' name, I speak blessings over you. In Jesus' name, I speak peace over you. In Jesus' name, I speak help over you. Name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.